Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another episode of the Self Build Plus podcast, where we chat with self builders, suppliers, and experts about all things home building and renovating in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self Build Magazine. Joining us today is Roger O'Connor from County Cork. He appeared in the summer 2020 edition of Self Build Magazine. And his house also made the cover of our systems guide in the summer 2021 edition. And that's available from all good news agents and on selfbuild.ie under the advice tab. So, uh, Roger, if you want to get us started and tell us a little bit about your project in Cork and how it came about and the site in particular, I suppose you need somewhere to build, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well, it's always handy to have a place to build before you, you know, before you try and go go do it. Um, but yeah, so first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's, it's, it's great. We've obviously had a, a few chats over the course of the months and over the course of lockdown. Um, yeah. So it's, it's nice to be able to, ha- to do this kind of thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the one thing that we were very lucky that we managed to get the the bill done before the new world changed. You know, so we were I was very fortunate in that regards. Um, but in terms of I guess our overall journey, um, you know, we we married back in 2012, um, and we bought our first house in 2013, um, just on the north side of Cork. Um, we have family on the south side of Cork, so no, not not a horrendous distance um but i guess it was our first time living up up the north side of cork um and it was a, a 1970s detached house um which luckily was structurally perfect um but it was very much outdated in terms of its decor you know um so we 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 kind of at the time had no kids and we were happy out to um you know do the the refurb and stuff in the evenings and the weekends and do all the tile shopping and all that good stuff that you do um, and, you know, it, it took three or four years to get it to a point where we were like, oh, yeah, this is now, you know, modern and, 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 and nice. Um, and we were very happy with it. And then, you know, obviously two kids came along and we were kind of going, oh, this is feeling a little bit 
cramped. Um, and at that point, we kind of said, all right, well, look, the answer is an extension. Um, and quite frankly, that's that's where the conversation started. So we had a house in, in North Cork and we were saying, okay, well, look, let's let's go for an extension. And I'm an engineer, so I kind of did up some rough rough drawings, um, very rough. I'm not an architect, I'm an engineer. Um, and kind of got a rough price. I mean, very rough price on, on what it would take to do it. Um, from where? That, from a builder? Or um, well, from the, um, the, what do you call it? The, um, the uh, Quantity Surveyors uh, website, they've got a very good um, uh, approximation site there the, which is the rebuilding mainly, yeah exactly yeah yeah but it's mainly used for insurance purposes but uh, it is very handy when you're just going to spitball roughly where things are going to land you know mm-hmm. um and I, I think it was uh, for, for for a fairly you know normal extension it wasn't going to be anything mad um i can't remember it was like 50 60k or something you know it was like okay that's that's a number um and then <laughs> One one Sunday morning, um, just having coffee with my in-laws, and they kind of just asked the question, you know, what if, you know, what if you sold the house and put that kind of money with it, um, what what could you get then? Do you know, m- my father-in-law loves doing that. Loves just kind of throwing out these like random left-of-field questions, and um, we kind of went, oh, that's that's an interesting way of looking at it, I suppose. Um, and up to that point, I guess I, you know, I, I was always into. Um, housing design, I suppose, um, and, and, and certainly passive housing and that type of thing. Um, and my wife was very much into internal design, and we'd we'd gone through that journey with with our first house. So we knew we, we knew we both liked it, um, and it was just trying to figure out, okay, well, what is it that we might do next? I suppose you know, either stay and build an extension, um, buy someplace else, or possibly build someplace else. Um, and then kind of we went down to Daft and stuff and we looked at what options were there. And we're like, okay, well, look, it's it's feasible to, you know, kind of shelve the extension idea and just go buy, put extra width, and then, you know, buy a pretty nice place somewhere. Um, and then during another Sunday morning conversation, um, my in-laws um, just reminded us that if they wanted, there's a site beside them that we could use. Um, which, oh, which that's was, handy. To be fair, well, it was amazing. To be fair, um, like it's one of these things that they had had foresight to think of these things thirty, forty years ago, um, you know. And like we're very, very lucky in that regards. Um, and and that for us, honestly, was 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 a game changer, um, because that kind of meant that okay, well, now we can realistically look at moving back down to nearer family. Um, even though like it was only North Cork and you know, they were South Cork, um, it, it's not horrendous. But every weekend when you're driving through the city just to get to the other side of the city you know it's it's 45 minutes each way gone um out of your weekend that's mad yeah it's you know it's and all, yeah. you're, all you're trying to do is meet your family you know so um so it was kind of going okay hang on we're spending a lot of time on the south side and not much time on the north side and you know what what what's what's the real benefit here for us and saying well it's it's being nearer family it's being nearer the things that we like to do down here you know going to beaches that kind of thing um so we said okay is is this a runner now you know like can we actually go and and build something so then that conversation got very i suppose serious in terms of trying to think about what it is we would like to do and could do um and then i guess we just decided okay let's let's go do that let's let's actually you know chase this down properly um and i suppose my experience of um, the building uh, industry where I was a civil structure engineer for a number of years 
um, doing housing states and, and, and one-off bills and that type of thing. So I knew the lay of the land. Um, I'd also been heavily involved with energy and and all that side. So that was my my, my passion side was was energy and renewables. Um, so I was kind of jumping up and down about the engineering side, going, "Can we can we do this? Is, is this something we can do? You know, like here's all these books about passive housing." And my wife was going, "That's that's wonderful. Stop showing me windows. Um, here's here's all books about finishes and couches and colors and you know nice places." Um, so we were kind of going, okay, we 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 could do this, but I guess because of my experience of of building, I knew the pitfalls. You know, I I I, I knew kind of where the uh, where the trouble would lie. Um, so I kind of said, look, happy to do this, um, and I think we should absolutely do this, but let's do it kind of as a self-build, but not necessarily a direct labor self-build. Um, like my heart goes out to those people who, who literally, you know, do, do everything, everything, you know, they do the drawings, they do the block laying, they do the plastering, they do the painting, you know, they, my God, fair play to them. Um, but from our experiences of the previous house, um, we knew what that looked like. You know, we knew what that takes from you um, and what it gives you in the end. Like it, 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 it's very rewarding. But um, we were looking at this game now with a bit of experience and two kids in tow. Um, young kids as well, I presume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> very, very young kids, uh, one and three. So it was like, yeah, that's, you know, realistically speaking, um, I'm, I'm not the biggest guy in the world. So I'm not going to go and laying block um, of, 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 a, of a weekend at any kind of pace um, that would make it worthwhile to build a house. Um mm. So, yeah, and you need said, the okay. skills to do it properly as well, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, look, I, I suppose my kind of take on that is is the self building is brilliant, and you know, obviously, I'm a, I'm in the self building community as well on 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 Facebook and stuff, and about yourselves as well. So that's it's great to have the the support there, and that's that's one thing that that we've certainly found is that community, um, are very very helpful when you need help with answers. Um, it's 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 great to have that. Um, but on the same front, there's some things that you know if if you spend three hours doing it might take a qualified carpenter an hour to do and Mm -hmm. if you're very good at like say programming or something and you spent those three hours programming you're probably better off spending those three hours programming and paying you know an expert for their time to do it in an hour (sighs) and so i I suppose that's kind of where i come down on those things so our approach to the self-build and if you can imagine i'm using air quotes around self-build um, was to to be a very informed client. Um, so we hired an architect. Um, he's an excellent architect, actually, locally in uh, Ovens area here in Cork. And um, he helped us walk through that early process of trying to get from what was in our brains to something on a page um, that we agreed with each other on. Because you know there was there was two of us in us. You know, there's, there's me and my wife, and 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 we each come at this from a slightly different angle, uh, where I'm coming at it from a very kind of passive, but also a very engineery, which basically normally means box, um, and and my wife's coming at it from a very kind of artistic side and light and color, you know, which which generally doesn't include a lot of engineery components. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was very very good at um, at being able to I suppose stitch together what it is we wanted, but one of the things that we had to start with and, and, and anybody who's going on this kind of journey, I, I'd recommend that they literally yourself and whomever it is you're doing it with or you're on your own or whatever, is you sit down and, and just blank page of paper and say, what is it I want this place to do for me? Not just now in whatever your current circumstance is, but you know, in future times, if you want it to be that kind of forever home, 
You know, maybe you don't. Maybe you want it to be just a home for the next four years when you're free and single or whatever, you know. Um, but but having a really serious think about what it is you wanted to do, like even down to you know the 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 fourth bedroom, right? This this this, this famous fourth bedroom that you know what's it going to be? It's like well, if it's a fourth bedroom, it'll be empty most of the time. So I'm I'm I hate waste, right? I'm, I'm nowadays I'm involved in process engineering and stuff, so waste just annoys me nonstop. So and it costs it, money. It it does. Like every, every block you lay, every square meter that you build. You know, you're paying whatever the rate is now. I forget. Is it like two thousand euros a square meter, or, or, or whatever the build cost is? Like, I've, I've, I've thankfully forgotten all those numbers. I've gone completely out of my head. But, um, like every square meter you add on is an extra cost to your build. You know, um. So, like, I suppose you don't like. I, I, I have a bit of a passion for the micro homes as well. Now, I appreciate we did not build a micro home, um. But when you look at what people can do with space, it's amazing. You know, it really, really mm. is. Um, so I suppose it's just being mindful of that, of what it is that you wanted to do, because at the end of the day, why are you doing this? You know, why are you doing your own build? It's because you want to create a space that works the way you want it to work for you and for yours, you know? Um, well, that was my reason anyway. Yeah. So how did you find your architect? Um, I, I remember, bearing in mind, this is, this is almost three years ago, so you're gonna have to forgive me, but um, I remember going around to the different uh, architecture houses in Cork um, and just trying to feel them out for what it is that they could do for me and how they could help me out. And I, I had one or two contacts as well from when I was an engineer doing that stuff. Um, and I, one, one difficulty I found actually on that was they wanted you to come in and, and, and have you know a paid consultancy just for trying to feel them out to see if they could work with you. And you know, I was like, hang on, I'm, I'm, you know, it like a relationship in this is very important. You you have to have a good relationship with your architect. You know, you, you have to vibe each other really. And um, a bit of healthy uh, pushback is very good because that pushes both of you to be better. And um, but like you need a good relationship. So I suppose I worked on that one very much on vibe. And um, you know, it's 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 an artistic piece. So like you know, do you get on well? You know, do do you have a similar ish kind of vision for what a house? can or could be um so i i, I started going through the uh self build magazine actually as well and looking for anyone with a cork uh, build um and then looking to see who they used and then kind of went down to that so i built up kind of um kind of a short list of three or four architects that i kind of thought might be able to do something for me in the space um and through kind of talking to them and stuff i ended up um coming down to maddo's architecture with with, with tom um and did and he then, charge you for that initial consult? No, no, he did. he's going to kill me now because he might he, he might charge <laughs> over. But but no, he didn't because like it was it was it was it was just practical. You know, it was just like let's just meet up, let's just have a chat together, see if we vibe, and see if we want to work with each other. You know, mm. um, and it was great. Um, like those those first few initial conversations with Tom, um, really went from being like a blank page. Um, where we had ideas and we had concepts and we had kind of, um, I guess what people would call now kind of a vision board or whatever, but um, just kind of um, going through uh, Pinterest and picking out big images and small images. And, and, and by that, what I mean is, um, you know, pictures of whole buildings. Um, so if you go to, like, for example, the magazine, you'll see all these 
lovely buildings and you kind of go oh that you know i want that kind of sharpness or i want it to mellow into the ground like this one over here or whatever um but then also kind of the the, the smaller pictures of oh you know an architrave um or a doorstop or whatever you know and and, and the really 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 small detail um and kind of going to to tom with that and kind of saying look these these are a kind of ideas you know and some of them are very left of field some are very right of field um and then then tom came back to us in a very structured way which is great um, with three options, um, which reflected that, all with kind of a general theme through it, um, but but kind of the three ways it could go. And then there was, I suppose, the benefit of what I had, which was just the engineering component, because I knew I wanted it to head very high up on the, the BER rating. So like there was no question it was going to be an A, if not more, right? And by, by, by more, I mean, if not passive. Um, and... I, I said, look, Tom, I need, I need for me, for what I believe in, I need to drive it that way. Um, and, and Tom was already very well versed, to be fair, in the whole passive side. Um, I guess I just brought things on a touch more with the engineering component of it. Um, but, but again, he was, he was very, very open to, to all that. Like, and he had some fantastic ideas as to how to, how to bring it on. Um, so then he did up kind of, I guess, the, uh, the rough, you know, rough to a point where we were able to then go and talk to the planners um, about it. So we'd, we'd, we'd had an initial So what, wait, just to bring you back, what were the three options when you're saying there were kind of three um, broad designs he came back with? So it was, it was largely around, um, so the general theme that he was, um, quite frankly, you know, trying to convince us of, um, because, you know, architects have their own vision of what would, should be as well you know so it, it's kind of this uh, sculptor looks at a piece of clay and just you know is, is trying to figure out what the clay is underneath all that excess clay and um, so same thing with tom that he was trying to say listen this is my vision for what this space can be and he was just trying to convey that to us and um, so his in, in his three versions i remember there's one version that had like um so our house is effectively uh sections of three um so we have um a more easterly section and then there's a taller middle section and there's a smaller western section um, so the eastern section um, he had in as a, a barrel roof so i'm sure you've seen a lot of the, the very beautiful designs um, if, if you watch you know the even the home of the year awards and um, there's people around who have these beautiful barrel roofs on a portion are all of of, of, of their houses um, and I guess that's often very reminiscent of a um, kind of an agricultural setting, um, which we're kind of in. Um, so we're outside Balancolig, um, but we're out in the countryside, but we're in a group of housing. So we're in an area where, you know, it's it's not green fields as far as I can see. see as far as I can see, it is um, a cluster of houses um, together. So it's not quite a country farmhouse look so we can look at the barrel barrel roof and we're like yeah it's not quite for here um and the the other two options then i can't remember the third one but the second one is pretty much what we went for it was uh pitch roofing throughout um but with these really um i suppose uh dramatic i guess you might call it uh window splits um so a lot of our windows go from floor to ceiling height, but they're actually reasonably narrow in, in, in some cases. Um, on the north side, especially it being a passive house, um, that's the kind of normal setup you'd have. The, the, 
the general way is you have large glazing to the south and little glazing to the north. But trying to do that in an architecturally sensitive way is, I think, challenging without making it look, you know, like a bunker, for lack of a better description. Um, so Tom had a great approach of these slitty windows um, on the north side of the building, which was replicated on the south side of the building with slitty windows interposed with larger windows as well, capturing that extra light from the south, south side. Um, so it was, it was, I guess, when you look at it initially, um, it is a bit uh, unusual, you know, in, in terms of it's not normal um, kind of two up, two down, you know, one door, four windows kind of setup. Um, but it's, we looked and we went, yeah, okay, let's, let's do it. It was a touch outside of our comfort zone, to be frank. Um, but, but that's what Tom was doing. Tom was trying to stretch us, you know, to, to, to being a bit, a bit more than what you think you are yourself, you know, in terms, in terms of your design. Um, so yeah, he was, he was really, really, really good at that. In fairness. And that was, that was the real benefit of, of, of having him in. Um, so like we had our own, um, I guess, architectural ideas and, and, and things like that, but, but he was able to just bring that extra clarity to it or, you know, the kind of the, the his, his favorite line was, how about, how about this? You know, and he'd come up with something <laughs> mad and then you're kind of going, okay, Tom, just relax a bit. But you know what? You're not entirely wrong. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was actually, it was actually and, quite and, good fun. Yeah. It sounds like it. So what year was this then? This was what, 2019? Oh, yeah. It was September, 2017 is when we first engaged Tom. Um, so that was when literally we first because we first met him in my in-laws um, house because we decided that it was worthwhile only ever, ever having meetings with him here um, in terms of on site, because my, my view on it is you're building the house to take advantage of the location. There's no point in talking about the location if you're not in it, do you know? So I suppose we spent a bit of time, first of all, just trying to figure out where the house would go on site um, and, and for that, actually, one thing that really, really helped was we just had a very frank initial conversation with local planners um, who were brilliant. Like they were they're, they're very, very accommodating, in fairness. They were great. Um, and we went in and we said, look, we're, we're looking at building here. Um, we had all our kind of reasoning prepared as to Louise's, um, you know, connection to the area and all that. Um, and and I, I had redone kind of a significant dossier of, of information uh, about that and uh, within 10 seconds the planner went yeah that's fine don't worry about that you know you're you're clearly you're clearly okay don't worry about it and i was like oh okay i've just i've just spent two weeks putting this together but okay it's fine <laughs> you know? but they no, were listen, brilliant like, you were prepared at least you never yeah know. exactly yeah but they were so helpful but um so but, this but, was the pre-planning meeting yeah yeah and like it, it it was it was almost a pre pre-planning in terms of we didn't even have a design do you know um we we just had kind of a kind of a thing of we're we're in the middle of designing a house but you know we'd like to put it someplace on this site and um, honestly we have no particular preference as to where we go we're thinking maybe a or maybe b but you know what do you think yourself and the planner straight away went don't do a do b that'll work anything else mm. <laughs> it was like yeah Okay. Listen, so we came if, home. If it was always like that, be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I, I think to be fair, um, we went in very open, you know, um, like very much kind of, you know, we want to work with you. What, you know, what do we have to do to work with you? Um, and and there was an initial 
kind of after the meeting kind of went, oh, because they've A is not an option as far as they're concerned. It's only B. And then there was a second of, do we push for A? And then I was like, no, you know, you don't need to push for A. We have B. B is a good option. Um, so let's just go with B. And, you know, let's let's kind of, I suppose, as, as you might say, lean in. You know, let's, let's just lean into it. Let's just go with it. And that'll be a great place to build anyway. So let's go there. Um, so then once we had the location um, in terms of the, the exact location on the site, um, we were then able to, to bring the conversation on further with Tom and say, okay, well, this is where it's going to be. Let's talk about orientation. Let's talk about what you'll see through what window and what shape and size that window then should be. So like you start to get into a very, I suppose the more artistic mode of it of saying, okay, well, if you imagine that we're sitting here looking out that window, what is it you'll see? Oh, I'll see a septic tank. Okay, maybe that's not the best thing to be seeing. <laughs> you know? um, and and like in our area, it's it's uh, kind of a flat land, which is uh, to the north side has, has a very uh, dramatic hill on it, which is all lovely old um, trees and, 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 and greenery. Um, so that's lovely to be able to look on. It's on the north side, though. So on my engineering head, I'm going... But I need small windows on the north side. You know, I can't be having big windows looking out into this hilly green side. Um, so we were able to overcome all that through uh, Tom's tall, slitty windows. So we were able to get the, the I suppose, the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The the, the drama of the hill um, without the expense of having big windows to that side. Hmm. You know, so it was, it was just trying to piece all those things together of saying, okay, well, now we know what we want the house to do for us. Now we know where it's going to sit. And now we know it's, you know, what it's going to be looking at. We can figure out how it needs to come together. Do you know? Yeah. Um, and and then, yeah, we started to to get near the build. So that was like September, um, yeah, 17. And then I said, right, okay, um, you know, we at this point, we need to start moving into the actual construction. Because... I had put on at the restriction of wanting to head to passive. Um, I needed about six weeks just to sit with the design as we had kind of envisaged it at that point to say, okay, would this work as a passive design or is it too much of a lift between the design and, and, and where it needs to be? Because one, one experience I've had before, or I suppose in, in my experience of this before, um, trying to shoehorn you know a passive performance or an a an a rated performance or whatever into a building that's already architecturally designed without any of those features in mind is an extremely difficult uplift do you know um, and the minute you're anywhere near planning you might as well just forget it because that's the plan do you know you, you go to planning with what your plan is yeah. um, and trying to change it afterwards there's no point um, or a very little point or you end up you know going stir raving crazy as you're trying to change the planners or you're trying to change plans or you're trying to shoehorn things in it's just very very difficult so the route i wanted to take was we had you know a very strong outline plan from the architect um, and then i sat with it for for six weeks and i ran it through what's called a passive house planning pack and um, which is basically just a very fancy excel sheet that's all it really is um and because of my previous experience around beat yours and stuff, I was reasonably happy with it in terms of I was reasonably comfortable with it. So I was able to model that myself and get an understanding for how the building as it was conceived would behave and would it actually be feasible to get it to, to, a, to a passive building. Um, which my initial uh, concept of that in my own head was that it would never need heating 
um, that the sun would always shine and 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 that we you know we would live energy free um, so off grid uh, was 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 the objective um, and then by the modeling one night I kind of realized oh hang on while in the overall annual terms yes we will be energy neutral which is to say that the sun um, will will generate as much energy for the house as it needs over the course of the year um, we'll come a period in like November December when we really won't <laughs> that you know there's just simply not enough sun happening um, and there's not enough internal um, heat generation happening to to meet the heat demands of the house in November and December um, so I said right okay well I need a stove because I was still very much sticking to my off-grid principles and um, so at this point now I was moving slowly towards having a stove and having a a, a generator for my electricity right um, and then I said great that, that's what I'll do I have I have a stove in the house in North Cork I you know I'm familiar with them and um, I'll just do that and then I just sat down the next night and I went I wonder how many times a day I'd be restoking that stove so I did the calculation and I went, oh gee because I'm, I'm restoking this every three hours for you know four weeks flat I said okay this this is clearly not going to be a, a realistic solution to this problem um, so then I, I, I stepped down to the next bit of okay in, in terms of passive house you start by saying I never need heat and then you step down to saying okay I'll sometimes need heat so then in the sometimes I need heat conversation it's all about okay where does that heat come from what's the the best source for that and for that i ran through literally all the options and um, we don't have grid uh, mains connected gas here so um, i looked at the um, the lpg option for an lpg with a boiler um, and then also looked at uh, lpg with a heat pump because um, you can actually get them now it's gas for heat pumps you can get them um, and then at the time still very much sticking to the idea of passive and renewable and sustainable um, bio LPG was only just newly on the market um, which is uh, biogas uh, it's, it's, it's a renewable form of uh, gas uh, that's available on the market um, that was only just on the market in Ireland at, at, at that time and they weren't selling it into residential they were only selling it to commercial um, so I was like okay I don't know if I can get that and you know I'd have to just get normal LPG which is fine like, there's no difference between the two you know, in terms of its properties or anything, and it works perfectly fine. But from a an ethical, I guess, perspective, it was like it's just not quite marrying with my expectations. Um. So then, in the end, came down to okay, well, do you know what? Air source heat pump is is probably the best way to go. Um. And then running that through the passive house planning pack, yeah, that was that was working well. Um. And then marrying that together with a, a PV system. Um, you start, you know, you start to build up a, a fairly robust um, design for for a passive house. Um, so that's that's kind of where we we landed in the end. Um, and, and to be honest, during all this, when I was making all these mad changes, you know, during the course of the six weeks, we were trying to figure out what the insulation needed to be, and what the window spec needed to be, and you know, all this kind of stuff. Louise was kind of just looking, going, "What are you are you, are you finished with that yet?" It's like, "Come on, get off it! You know, get 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 going about the other stuff." Um, um, it's it's just but, look, the, it's, it's one but of the things. cost factor, though. Uh, you know, it seems like a lot. Did you go for underfloor heating then? For yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a, a lot of expense, isn't it? If you only need heat for two months, it seems like a bit overkill, doesn't it? 
Yeah, well, I think in the end, that's where the modeling world meets reality. Um, like, quite frankly, I'm quite glad that we didn't just go for a boiler that, or uh, sorry, uh, a stove, you know, that would only give out heat in a kind of general area for, for two months of the year, because we've proven to find that actually that's not true. Um, you you kind of do really need some form of heat going into the building over the course of about six months. Yeah, you, you, you do think that, that it is quite wasteful, but when you realize that what the heat pump does here is give you your hot water, which you need all year round. Um, then you kind of start to, to understand, okay, well, actually, because of the way heat pumps operate, they're extremely efficient. You know, they're, they're north of 300% efficient. Um, that's pure because they're not trying to generate the energy. They're only moving it from one place to another. Um, so they're, they're very, very good from that perspective, provided that you can, you know, I guess, address the electricity piece of it. Um, and that that's where the PV side comes in. So the idea that I recognize I needed to have hot water anyway, um, so I need a you know a hot water cylinder or or else you have instant um, hot water everywhere, um, which you know okay is an option maybe, um, but we just went the other way. Given that we said look we need heat anyway, so heat pump will do it. Heat pump will do hot water for us. It'll also do um, obviously heating. Um, mm-hmm. During the summer, absolutely not. It's actually the inverse problem. It's um, it's overheating is a problem there, um, which I also model for, by the way. So, um, went 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 through it fairly fairly in depth. But, um, but so for for a start, you cannot have it at all in the first place, um, which which basically just means doing doing the design so that it doesn't happen. Yeah, but know? that's what you tried to do. Yes, um, but I had I suppose knowing that i accepted my contingency plans right so don't have it overheat in the first place is is the initial thing but if you go no but i really want those big windows to the south you know and nothing you say is going to move me from those big windows and you go okay in that case put in something that will help you to stop that from happening um such as curtains are a brise which is like your um overhang um to, to the external of a building um just to help stop that sunshine in the, in the middle of summer you know so that three o'clock strong strong sunshine and um, which is that's where your problem's going to happen because you've got a, a big thermal mass built up in the house you, you know it, it's getting quite hot already and then you got this really strong sunshine um, at like uh, whatever it is about three o'clock in the day and um, but like curtains will solve that do you know so curtains can can do it for you a briselet can do it for you so there's there's design is the first step a passive reaction is the second step. So a passive reaction being curtains or open a window or briselets or something like that. Or even mm-hmm. foliage, you know, having trees, designing, putting, putting trees in a place, deciduous trees, in the winter will leave the light in because there's no leaves on them. Yeah. But in the summertime, they'll give you shade because there's leaves on them. <laughs> you know? It's great. They're, 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 they're versatile. They're wonderful. Um, but they're the passive reactions. And then if you really need to, and, and, and honestly, it is the, the, the last course, but there's the active action. So the active action is, okay, you can argue opening a window, but it's it's down to air conditioning, you know? So you have a mechanically ventilated heat recovery system in, in most of these kind of houses nowadays. Um, so you can do a reasonably passive kind of summer bypass, which basically means that where your heat exchanger would normally take heat from your room and give it into your fresh air coming in, you, you just stop doing that. You said, no, no, just just give me the fresh air only, please don't exchange the heat. Um, so what that does is that helps to dampen down the temperature in the house. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing, that if you are specifying 
out. And even if you don't don't go do the modeling that I did, right? Um, but just get a summer bypass on the MVHR unit. They're not mad expensive. They're like an extra 200, 200 quid or something like that. Um, it, it will help just to kind of avoid some of those really peak heat times. Yeah. Um, and that's what you use, do you? <laughs> I specified it. Um, it didn't go in. And oh. yeah, I missed it. Um, so it didn't go in. The, the, honestly, there was just a mix up on things. Um, and at that point in time, like that went in at the same time as the painting was being done, at the same time as everything was being done. So there was mm. a lot of things on at, at the one time and I missed it. Um, yeah. And then after the fact, I went, oh, lads, where's the summer bypass? And everyone just looked at each other and went, um, not in. <laughs> We're like, okay, well, first of all, I want a credit for that because it didn't go in and it's in the contract. So therefore give me a credit. So we went grand. Um, and then I was left with the engineering problem of, okay, but I still have overheating. So what do I do about this? Um, and I found a very simple solution is just turn it off. So you turn off the MVHR during daytime in the summer and it works just fine. It does the job. Right. Do you know? Yeah. Um, open. Okay. We only have four windows that open in the house. So open some of the windows, open some of the doors and you're grand. It, it works just fine. Um, we still have the curtains option. I suppose just to be clear, we didn't put curtains up. <laughs> so some people could say, would you not just do the curtains route first? Um, we, yeah, but we, once we the heat's in, I don't know. Uh, well, the curtains, well, the curtains will stop well the heat. Something external. Yeah, well, yeah. The, curtains, the curtains will stop the heat from coming in. Um, the the really last stand, if you really want to go down to it, and I, I haven't done it because I don't feel we need to, um, is you can actually get your heat pump to work in reverse. Um, yeah. So you can get your heat pump to work as a cooling uh, device rather than a heating device. Um, mm. It takes a small bit of extra... Uh, whatever pipe work etc but yeah we we didn't quite go there yet and um, mm. what i said i wanted to do was live in the building for us for a while you know we can retrofit all these things if is. we need to. yeah yeah exactly and to be honest you, we've been in here now uh two years we're at the start now of our second summer here and um, and yeah there are periods of time when you need to learn how to quite frankly manage the building you know you need to learn okay well open that window open that door and open that door and then we're good um but in terms of like the the hassle of it, it's 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 tiny. It's nothing, you know. It's it's lovely to have a bright, warm building that you can walk around in in wintertime, you know, in shorts. You know, it's mm. it's, it's it's really worth it. Yeah, it's really worth it. And, and, and the then, size of the house, sorry, uh, mm. it's two hundred twenty square meters. Yeah. Um, so, like, look. To be fair, not small, not enormous. Um, it's 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 a very good size for us. Um, I suppose look two two adults, two kids, um, and then yeah. occasionally the odd well during during non COVID times and um, the odd the odd guests. You know the grandparents might stay over my my parents obviously not um, <laughs> not the grandparents who live behind us. Um, <laughs> that'd be weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it, it's good size for for how I suppose kind of a, our family will will grow into you know. Um, because two, two so, small girls have come to big girls soon. Yeah, jeez. I know, it yeah. goes fast, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the insulation air tightness then, um, modeling that you were doing that would have tied in with the building method as well, I presume. What was, what yeah. was that in so your Excel that's, sheet? That's where things, um, I suppose, again, experience from 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 my side of engineering just, just helped um, where... Recognizing it was going to be a, you know, 
slightly more than standard complexity of build um, really informed how we went about doing it. So a concern I had was if you went, um, you know, direct build, then, or direct labor, should I say, um, then I'm the one left trying to piece the carpenter together with, you know, the, 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 the block layer with whoever put the insulation in to make sure they actually gave a damn that it went in right. Um, and, 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 and everything else, you know, the, the, all the thermal bridging details, everything. So because of that, it was decided to go through um, a local main contractor instead um, and say, look, let's, through our engineer, um, so even though I am an engineer, we actually hired an engineer as well. Um, so uh, Willie, I used to work with Willie previously, and then he went out on his own and set up his own um, gig, I think it was uh, BRH Engineering. Um, and 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 then I hired them for the for the build because I knew Willie. I knew, I knew that he was very much kind of the same as I am in terms of detail orientated and 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 focused from an engineering perspective. So I could trust his work. Um, and then I that allowed me to to fill the position of informed client, which for any engineer or any builder is probably an awful thing to have for someone who, who you know who has a pretty good feeling for what it is they're talking about. Um, so then Willie was able to steer us through putting together a tender document and because I had done the modeling and I had done the specifying I I had a fairly good idea as to what it is that I needed in the building or that I needed the building to be able to do so by that I mean I didn't tell them how to achieve the airtightness we needed I just told them that's the airtightness we needed Um, and I can't even remember the number I think it's 0.6 air changes per hour it could be even 0.3 I can look that up but um, it was an extremely tight in terms of air tightness. Um, but by coming at it from the perspective of putting the requirement to achieve that on the builder rather than on the designer, because um, the designer can design anything they want, but the builder may not build it. But if you put something like the air tightness must be X onto the builder in the contract, um, then they have to meet it. And it's their responsibility to meet it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know? What's the penalty for them not to? No, that is, that's very true. Um, contracts are only ever as strong as a penalty clause that they contain, right? That is that's simply the truth. Um, but to be honest, that's where good reputation and good relationships come in. Um, at the end of the day, you don't want to be going to the penalty clause in the contract because if you if you if you if you're there if you're at that point in the contract 
then you've managed to break down in every step before that. Um, and there's lots of steps before you get to there. Do you know? Um, at the very, very start, there's simply a straight up conversation saying, look, these things are very, very important to me. I need you to get them right. Um, so it's, it's, it's making sure that you and, you know, and, and your builder are on the same page. Again, very similar to, to the architect that you've had uh, you know, a bit of a meeting of minds. Like, okay, they don't have to be quite into passive housing as you are or whatever, but they have to at least appreciate what it is you're trying to do. Um, you know, they, they, they have to vibe with you on our level. You know, you don't have to be best buddies, but they have they have to be able to it has to be mutual appreciation or mutual respect. Um, and to be fair, we we, we tendered out, so our engineer uh, Willie put together a, a very good tender pack. Um, did I that did go include the build method? Did you specify block work and um, what kind so of insulation? We specified the thermal um, U value that the wall mm-hmm. had to achieve. Okay. Um, we identified a suggested spec that would be able to achieve that. So, mm-hmm. one thing I was conscious, of, I I didn't want to go specifying, you know, oh, you know, it it must be a U value of X, you know, knowing that that was completely unachievable, you know, like that's that's not a, a place to start from. So yeah. you can stretch, you can set stretching targets, absolutely, but they have to be achievable, otherwise, you know, it's you're 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 not hiding to nothing, um. So yeah, we, we gave them um, an indicative spec as to what would be able to achieve that U value we wanted them to achieve. Um, and equally with the windows, you know, we said, look, it's going to need to be triple glazed. I think triple glazed, argon filled, e coating, all that good stuff. Um, and then in, in some of those kind of things, we did kind of detail, you know, whether it was like alu-clad PVC or you know timber or whatever. Um, so you know you need you need to give them a bit of a steering because the more detail you can put in the spec, the more accurate the price will be in the end. You know, if you go to them saying I want a house, jeekers, you know the number is going to be <laughs> whatever. You know? um, whereas if you go to them really drilling it down, nailing it down, um, it it just helps the communication. It really does. Um, it also helps your own clarity because you've thought about these questions before they come up on site. And trust me, there will be enough questions come up on site. Even if you thought about it to the nth degree, there'll still be questions come up on site. Do you know? Yeah. Um, so, so we we went out for for, for tender on that, um, and like Murphy New Homes came back as just simply being like they weren't. Um, I don't think they were the cheapest on it, but like weighing up the options between, um, I suppose, cost and experience and ability, they won. Do you know? Um, because if, if in, in our minds, if you left it down to purely to cost, you're probably going to get what you pay for. Um, and because it was, you know, a one-off, non-standard, slightly more complex build, you need to be able to trust that they can do it. You know, um, that they had done something similar before, that that they're confident that they can and they're they're able to do it. Um, and that's very important. You know, you, you have to be able to trust that they can actually do it. You have to have seen what they've done before as well. Um, and, yeah. and our engineer had had worked with them very well before, so we were happy that they could do one-offs. You know, they weren't doing housing estates and then started doing one-offs, or they weren't just tipping around doing extensions and then try to do a one-off. They had done this several places in our area, so they knew what they were doing. So, what did they come back with? What was the spec in the end? What did you agree to? Oh my God, I'd have to send you on an Excel sheet. <laughs> <laughs> so, like in 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 basic terms, um. 
it is uh, dry lining on the internal um, block wall. Um, we have uh, quinlite blocks on the internal face. Then it's a 150 mil full fill rigid cavity insulation, um, mm-hmm. which which was a new one for them, to be fair. Um, they took that on because I didn't want to pump the cavity. Pump the cavity doesn't get you as dense an insulation as rigid does. Um, and the, the rigid we went for being 150 mil um, in, in, in the cavity is a very, you know, in relation to older buildings, it's a very large cavity. Um, and going for full fill, um, the risk obviously is always moisture ingress um, across the cavity. So you just need to be careful. So they were kind of, you know, they were looking at that kind of going, are you sure you want that? And I said, look, yes, that's what I want. So we agree that that's what I wanted. Um, and they, they put it in very well in first. Um, and then it's just standard standard block and render external. So um, there was one or two interesting features that I kind of put on them. Um, so our windowsills, uh, a traditional windowsill is concrete. Um, ours is um, polyurethane um, foam uh, with, with with an external protection. It, it comes from a I think it was, what's it called again? Ecosills, I think they're called. Um, it's from a crowd in Middleton and Cork. Um, but to be honest with you, like, we don't have any windowsills on the ground floor because all of our windows go to the floor level. Um, so we only have windowsills on the first floor. Um, and I was happy that no one's going to be kicking a ball against them or you know stepping on them or anything at that level. <laughs> <laughs> if they are, we have a different problem entirely happening. So um, I, was, I, I wasn't concerned about durability or anything at, at that point because I was happy that where they were going was out of reach. So, um, yeah, so it was it was that. Um, the, the floor insulation, I think it's 250 mil of uh, Kingspan insulation. Again, I'd have to go through the, the spec sheet entirely itself, but went with that. Um, gave them a fairly detailed book of thermal bridging details, um, which is basically how you treat the insulation at the edges of your floor and between floors. Um, and we'd, we'd had a series of conversations around um, airtightness and how they were going to achieve it. And as was their treatment of the ceiling between the ground floor and the first floor and, and how they do that. Because we went with the um, Jukon slabs, Jukon concrete slabs. Um, and they had a very, they, as was one thing that, that we really liked, or this was, I really liked anyway about Murphy New Homes was that in their offices, they had like a little mini section of a house um, just showing some of the key details that they apply. And a lot of the things that I had researched and come up with and quite frankly thought was a bit left of field. Um, and I was, I felt a bit embarrassed to you know, bring it to people going, oh, I'd like you to do this. They had it. They had it in a little model house. So I was going, going, okay, these guys are already ahead of me on some areas. Now other areas I had kind of, you know, by the windowsills and stuff I brought to them, but you know, they were, they were very, I, I was, they were very confident they were able to do that kind of stuff. So that gave me confidence that they, that they knew what they were doing. Um, but yeah, so the the spec was detailed, and you know we did read the contract. You know we we went through it with a t- fine tooth comb. Um, and quite frankly, you do like it's it's the biggest expenditure of your life. Um, you'll hopefully only ever do it once, maybe twice, in your whatever in your life. I know I know some people have done it three times, um, but you know it's it's a big big deal and you know you don't want to to step into it lightly and certainly who drew up the contract um so it came from uh, murphy new homes as like the standard build 
contract um, with some additional clauses just around the uh, standard of performance to be achieved by the building and um, airtightness, that kind of thing um, in the end. Um, and then, yeah, so we went through it. So, so I, I, again, I'd be fairly comfortable with contracts and that type of thing. So I went through it with Louise um, and then I went through it with my engineer. And yeah, we just made one or two minor amendments just to clarify some things. And that was it. We were, we were signed off on. Yeah. So then, so just to go back on the planning, how did that just go through quickly? Did you have to change anything um, or so, information requests or anything? I suppose it, 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 it really did help um, that I had spent, you know, a lot of years doing planning and planning applications and planning submissions and, and, and that type of thing. So I knew um, where the pitfalls were, I suppose, in terms of the engineering side. So, you know, anyone who's ever tried to do a self-build, um, you know, sight lines for road access into your entrance is always a topic, do you know. Um, you, you, you come to learn quite quickly about what the speed limit is on your on your road outside and, and what the sight lines are required for that. And then, you you know, might be tempted to get onto your local county councillor and see if you can get the speed limits reduced, you know, <laughs> to, to try and help you with sight lines. Um, so that kind of stuff just helped us to influence some decisions very early on. So like where we, where we positioned our entrance, for example, I knew there was one side of the site was better to put the entrance than the other just because I knew how the layout was in front and sight lines. So if, if, if I didn't know it, to be fair, the answer there would have been ring the engineer, get him onto site and ask him what's the best thing to do rather than deciding I want my entrance here and I'm going to make it work come hell or high water. Do you know? So we, we were quite pliable in a lot of our decisions where we could go, look, we, we'll go A or B. You know, it was that thing again of we, we can put it here, we can put it there, whichever one do you think would work best. Um, and other things, I suppose we were quite um, stern. So one of my big things is I, I don't really like big front gardens because I don't really see the point of them. Um, as far as I'm concerned, big front gardens are for the neighbours to look at. Why would you have them? I, I, you know, I, I don't really see it. Um, back gardens are for the family. They're, they're where your kids play. They're where you hang out. You know, you're not overlooked by anybody. It's where your privacy is. So for me, the position of the house was much nearer the road than some people would have said, oh, hang on, you know, you, you, you can go back further if you wanted to. But it was like, no, why, why would we? Back there is my private area. I, I want a larger private area. So that's kind of what we wanted to go for. Um, so the, the, the planning then, like having, having a, a proper then pre-planning meeting with the planners um, was great because we went in with a design. You know, we, we had talked to them before we went in at all about the location. So they were okay with the location. We went in them with the design and we said, look, this is what we'd like to do. Um, these are the colorings, you know, this, this is the shape. You know, because, you know, to be fair, what they're trying to do is they're trying to look at the, the, the proposal and see does it fit in with, you know, the overall idea that, that they're trying to establish in the area. You know, does, does it fit in with the vision of what the, the local planning is? Um, and, and that's all they're trying to do, to be fair. So, um had a great conversation with them and, and honestly they came back with very little in the way of commentary so um it 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 did make life easier that i guess we were we were talking to them all the time you know constantly checking with not constantly but you know regularly checking in kind of going we want to do this you know are we, are we okay with this um and then we submitted the planning um formally um and yeah because we talked to them because we had taken on any kind of questions they had and we'd answered it in our in our submission, 
Um, I think we got one request back for further information. Um, I can't even remember what it was. It was nothing major. Um, I have a feeling it might have been about the sight lines on the road, actually. Uh, funnily enough, even though um, <laughs> that was the one I, I, I spoke about. Um, then, then yeah, it was it was grand. And um, I suppose like there was there was some things we did very early on that you know when you're at the start of this journey, you think, oh my god, you know, oof, that's you know that's that's expenditure here. We're, we're already spending money. And we don't even have a block placed in the ground yet. Do you know, so you do like your your site inspection. So, you know, we had our engineer and a digger on site for the day, digging holes around the place and, you know, looking to see what the conditions were like underground because you can do all the amount of walking you like on a site and you can poke as many sticks in the ground as you like and hum and haw and talk to the locals about, you know, has that ever flooded and all the rest. But until you break ground, until you get down a level, you won't know what's down there, do you know? Um, so that's what we did. We we did some trial holes around the place Um I did obviously the P test for the, uh, the the soakway and 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 for the uh, the percolation area for the uh, treatment plant, um, and just kind of got some of that homework done. Um, and even things like hiring an architect, hiring an engineer. Um, we had a guy in who just cleared some of the site for us as well, and just just to help us get a better view of it before the diggers arrived on site. You know, um, mm. so those things, you know, it, it is expenditure early on, but I'd I'd say it's it's the best the best um, investment you can make because it really helps to inform your decisions if you need to change things. Trying to change things later on in the middle of a build, trying to overcome a problem, it's expensive. Yeah. So so then the next step in terms of your commencement notice, um, did you opt out, I presume? Yeah, we opted out. Um, but honestly, that was only because I'm, again, very comfortable with engineering and building and all that. So like, I, I knew what I was looking at, like I had done civil structural. Um, so I, I really knew what I was, what I was looking at. Um, yeah, and yeah. I had hired an engineer who, who I knew he knew what he was doing too. So, um, yeah. yeah and the health and safety that. aspect. So I suppose uh, the, the architect. Murphy New Homes. Uh, no, Murphy New Homes. Contractor um, side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, yeah. again, like so like my, my background, um, being being what it was, um, very very focused on health and safety, um, and that element of things to the point where we actually had uh, a portion of the site cordoned off where we would go, and the other portion of the site was where the builders would go. And and you know because we had small kids who visited site every now and again, we'd kind of you know unless the, if if the builders were here, we'd stay on our side, and when the builders weren't here, we would you know be able to walk around and stuff. But um, yeah we went <laughs> quite, yeah, quite yeah. strict on health and safety but yeah you need to as far as I'm concerned you, yeah. you have to yeah it's a very yeah. dangerous place for sure yeah, um, so this so I presume they gave you a schedule of works and um, followed the schedule <laughs> um, well I suppose that was maybe the the, the, the one um, like, so on, on the contract they had a, a timeline so um, in fairness we before we broke ground it was 12 months so uh, we started discussions with Tom in September 17. And we finally broke ground on site in September 18. Um, and the contract, so the, the planning and the design and everything else had taken 12 months. You know, that, that's, that's how long that site took. Um, and then in the contract with, um, with Murphy Homes, uh, with the builders, they had specified, yeah, 12-month build. Um, and and that was good. Um, very happy to to have kind of a, a timeline in a contract. Um, but I suppose from from that side of things, 
a plan isn't a plan unless you have a program. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's only a wish if there's no kind of plan around when things will happen and what's going to happen next and what order they all happen in. Um, and to be fair, the, the advantage of going with someone experienced who, who has done this several, several times, like Murphy Holmes had, um, is that they know what they're doing. You know, they, they, they bring in their crews when they need to bring them in. There's very good handovers between crews, so they know what they're doing. Um, but that was the one thing I did push for was to see a program because while they know what they're doing, um, I wouldn't necessarily know, do you know, um, yeah. in terms of I, I didn't know down to the detail what they had planned next. So I asked them for a program um, and to be fair, yeah, they, they gave me kind of a, a, a fairly good uh, overview program um, that I was able to use to you know, do a few things. First of all, stage payments. Obviously, you need to be able to kind of plan them out and track them out. From a finance perspective, you need you need to be able to see when you're going to be spending money. Um, yeah, that would have been outlined in the contract, wouldn't it? When you reach a certain stage, you yeah. would have paid the contract. Yeah. Which I presume would have coincided with your engineer's inspections. Yes. Yeah. So it would be just, so how many, how many stages would that be? That would be just a handful really then. Uh, I think it was six, if I remember correctly, um, including um, the, the, the snag list. Um, so at mm-hmm. the end, there was a, there was a period of time um, between, let's say, when the builders are finished on site, which is invariably, if you're doing a self-build, it's the day you move in, you know. Um, so yeah. about about six months after that, then, you know, they close the snag list, basically. Um, and, then, and then that's when you issue final payment. Um, but to be fair, um, the stages are, are, are fair and reasonable, you know. Um, like, you need to make sure that you're paying for the work done. Um, and and not for any kind of future aspirational work, and certainly not for just materials on site. Like never pay for materials on site because they can go off site just as easy as they came on site. Um, so having, I suppose your your engineer do the walk around and confirm that yes, you know the the amount they're looking for is the amount of work done. Um, like it's not only good for yourself, but you need it for the bank anyway. Do you know? So it, it it's a requirement there anyway. Um, but it is good to have that kind of checks and balances thing going on where it's not just you looking at the builder and the builder going oh i need that money there now you know so, hang on a second here what's going on <laughs> do you know um and i suppose a big a big portion of this is like while you know i suppose rolling back to why we didn't go for a full you know um, direct labor self-build um even though we could have like and i, I, I you know do have a certain skills that I would allow that but um the amount of work you do outside of all that anyway um is an is is, is a is a part of a full-time job do you know just just trying to keep track of is is everything on schedule you know do they know what they're doing next do they know you know has that decision been made has has, has the the money been paid out is the money in the account yet to pay them out you know there's there's enough going on in every other aspect apart from literally building the house you know so in terms of the program you're saying it was important to get your your hands on the schedule mm. um was that as well to know how to i suppose time the kitchen you probably got yep. the kitchen separately did you and yeah finishes and things well that, that's how exactly that, it how, yeah well it's two reasons really and um, one to to plan yourself um so that you know when you need to be making decisions do you know, because um, like the decisions that 
that that you make are really around how it's going to finish and how it's going to look in the end you know so you know what kind of flooring you're going to have what color tiles you're going to have you know how your kitchen will be all these kind of things and and at the end of the day they're the main decisions that you're going to be touching off of every day you know and so they're the really really important decisions and they take time you know you need to be you know thinking about that far in advance so having that program really lets you know okay you know jeekers i need to have a decision about the kitchen in a month's time or two months time or whatever because it takes two or three months to deliver a kitchen do you know it doesn't just happen overnight um and then the other bit of it as well is is quite frankly is to keep track on on progress so that you know okay hang on lads you said you'd have the floor poured by you know whatever october it's now november okay i appreciate you know it might only be a a week of a difference between october and november but um are we are we are we on schedule are we late you know how are we running here and it's it's about those two things together and i don't think you can rely on just the builder telling you oh it's all good don't worry it's all fine it's all fine you know you need to have an understanding of what their plan is and where they're at in that plan and uh, in terms of unexpected costs did anything crop up that you had foreseen um well i suppose the the detail that we've gone into um for the spec day one actually one of the things we did actually on the spec on the day one um was i gave it to a qs to price up um, so we had done our spec and we'd said, oh, this is what we would like in the build. Um, and then I gave it to a, a, a private QS just to price up for me um, to see. This was before tendering, was it? Yeah, exactly. Just to see, honestly, if we, if we could afford what we wanted. Um, because there was no point in, in saying, oh, we want ABC. And then it comes in at, you know, 3 million euro. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe maybe I'll only do A then. Um, you know, you, you kind of need to have a feel for, for where you think you might land. Um and to be fair, he was he was great. Um, tenders came in fairly close to, to to kind of what he had thought within ballpark, you know, within within reasonable ballpark. Um, so kind of having that was was useful. Um, in terms of the unexpected, so yeah, we we'd had a fairly detailed specification prepared. It was in the contract. It was priced under the contract. So it was, you know, it wasn't. A, I suppose, uh, a vague price. They knew what they were looking at quantities-wise and, 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 and quality-wise, et cetera. Um, but even then, like I said, the, you know, there's, there's some things that just happen that you don't foresee. So even though we'd done our trial holes and we had dug around and kind of one of the things with trial holes normally is that you don't do it directly in the place where you're doing the build. You do it slightly off because you don't want to affect where the foundations will ultimately be. Um, so you do it off to the side. So that's what we did. Um, and then when we went to actually dig the foundations, we found that there was a larger area, softer ground than we had thought, um, mm. which meant you had to dig it out and pour more concrete in the foundation for it. Um, so look, in terms of the grand scheme of things, was it horrendous? No, because, you know, look, you just had to do it, so you do it. Um, but, you know, literally it was one of the first things on the build we'd just broken ground a week prior and now here we were <laughs> you know oh here's an extra <laughs> like, oh, budget. Yeah. yeah you know um so but you in- mentioned the wastewater um treatment you had to put in um but irish water just getting a water connection uh, wasn't too dear was it or the esb connection you know you didn't uh, need well, additional the- poles or anything from the services side the area we're in um, has very few services um, 
in terms of uh, piping, so pipe services, so things like water and gas and stuff just aren't in this area. Um, so everyone has their own treatment plant or septic tank, whichever um, they may have around here. Um, and then the only two things you do get is uh, electricity and uh, a telephone connection. Um, so to be fair, ESB was like, I was quite worried about that, I suppose, in terms of I, I, I thought that there'd be, you know, ridiculous lead times and that it could just be this crazy price and, you know, God knows what. Um, but to be honest with you, my engagement with them was, was brilliant. I had such a good experience of dealing with them. It was it was completely contrary to anything I'd heard from other people. Um, they were very organized and it was very easy to deal with. And yeah, a pole had to be moved, um, but that was done in a day. They they let me know well in advance when it was happening um, and it was just done. Like The expense wasn't wasn't crazy um and mm. to be fair it was all very detailed i think there's a, a kind of a, a thing on their website that lets you see you know okay a pole costs x you know whatever yeah there's allowable numbers um so it's all very transparent and yeah it felt very comfortable yeah. um which which and- was different to my experience with broadband but that's a whole other <laughs> kettle of fish <laughs> Oh God, I, I don't even want to ask about broadband. <laughs> How about the well? So you had to drill a well if there was no water. Um, well, I suppose in terms of the overall um, expenses on the build, um, I went down through the items and we kind of said, okay, well, look, as a starting point, um, ask everybody for 10% off. Just everybody, no matter who they are, ask them for 10% off. That's just what we did across the board. Um, and by and large, it worked. By and large, be fair people were very accommodating um when it came to the well um i just went to my father-in-law and went, you have a well and i need water can i just use your well <laughs> <laughs> so he went okay um so yeah we've we're, we're using their well is, is is the simple answer um but we do have provisions made for that if we ever need to separate wells we can do that very easily too um so you know we've kind of future-proofed as much as we can within reason um, certain things like that, you know, where we can, yeah, you, could, you, you, you can put up. We actually don't have a boundary fence, for example, between us and my in-laws um, because we, you know, we didn't need it. It was nice for my girls who had to run over unencumbered <laughs> um, to their grandparents. So we just didn't bother putting up fencing. So yeah. there's things like that that we can do at a later date. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, um, and, and in terms of splurges still on, on cost, yeah. did, did you splurge on anything or was it like a my, engineer's my... precision? <laughs> no, I think, Value engineering? <laughs> well, Louise will always kind of wonder why we have the PV panels. And I'm saying, well, we need it to be passive. And she's saying, why do we need to be passive? And I say, because we need to be. <laughs> so the in terms of the yeah. splurging on my side, it's probably that kind of stuff. You know, it was a um, thing, but um yeah there was definitely one or two pieces like i suppose for for downstairs um you know you go for like the the engineered timber um for upstairs we went for the laminate um that kind of thing where you know you 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 do spend the money in places where you will interact with it the most you know so in the kitchen um monster joinery to be fair were great they accommodated us with um i think maybe the largest sliding door they've ever done um, or something like that but it, it's, it's a very large sliding door because again we were trying to do that whole you know maximizing glazing bit to the south um, and it's, 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 it's a three uh, three panel um, sliding door so yeah the things like that the, the finishes yeah we probably 
um, splurged a bit as was on things like a nice timber dining table, um, which was kind of. But that's the a good sign. It means you still had money at the end. <laughs> um, well, we had budgeted for it. <laughs> Yeah. So I had a spreadsheet for everything. Um, so I had a spreadsheet for the budget. Um, and in it, we included items like essential furnishings and non-essential but desired furnishings. Um, so basically, it was built in a way that if it came to it, we could segment out some things. Um, but to be honest with you, a big part of, of what we did is we, we did carefully watch the budget. Um, not in terms of not wanting to spend the money but in terms of spending it wisely um so even even down to something like the cladding okay um so we have uh cedral cladding on the side of the building um in 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 one section and it looks like timber cladding and that's what we wanted to do we wanted to look like timber cladding but i suppose i was a bit dubious about timber as 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 a cladding just from a maintenance perspective i i wanted to try and design out maintenance as much as i could um so we went for cedar cladding, um, and the architect uh, Tom really wanted to move us towards kind of a bold color. Um, so we came up with black, which is very similar to you know, that burnt larch effect, anyway. Um, so we're like, okay, let's let's do black. But when we went to the local uh, cedar suppliers, um, we needed a quantity that was about, I think, uh, two thirds of a pallet of of cladding, um, and they could only because black wasn't a very popular color. They could only sell us the black in a full pallet quantity, which would have meant that I'd I'd have had like a couple of hundred quid of extra pallet lats that I or extra cladding lats that I didn't need, and I would never need, and I could never sell because who's going to buy a third of a pallet of black <laughs> cladding lats? Um, so on that one, um, I got on to the Cedral website. I found their distributors list. I rang all the distributors in Ireland, um, and they couldn't do anything for me because they all had the same problem, to be fair. They all had to buy in pallet quantities the rare things and they bought in individual quantities the popular things and black wasn't popular, right? Um, but then I got onto the UK and the UK said, yeah, we can sell you that, no problem, right? Now, this was pre-Brexit, so maybe a little bit easier to do that. Um, so I got into a guy in Liverpool who said, yeah, I'll sell you a, a two-thirds of a pallet of black cladding, no problem, that's grand. But actually, as it happened... They had a sister store in Wicklow. So it was great. So I got onto a man in Wicklow who wasn't actually listed on the original listing, which was really strange. But anyway, that was just the way it was. So I got onto a man in Wicklow. And I said, listen, I, I was just talking to Mick over in Liverpool. I need a third of a pallet of this stuff. He went, yeah, no problem. So I got a third of a pallet. I saved myself a couple hundred quid. Do yeah. you know? After um, 20 phone calls and how many? Yeah. yeah, but that's what it takes, isn't it? It is. And, and, and that's definitely the lesson I learned from that was – you know, being clever in sourcing some of the things you're sourcing, not reducing quality. Like you're, I, I didn't get, you know, reduced quality cladding. I got the stuff I wanted to get, but I got it in a clever way, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it was the same with the flooring, actually. Um, so we went for the engineered timber floor um, and I got, I got a price from a local supplier. Um, and then I went on to the floor manufacturer's website. I got, again, a list of their local distributors, local being Ireland, because like... You, 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 you buy from anybody in Ireland, you get them onto a fastway courier or whomever, you know, you choose your, your preferred local courier. Um, and within the next day or two days, you will have it. So it doesn't matter anymore if you buy from Cork or Kerry or Donegal or wherever. You'll, you'll get it when you need it if you plant it out, you know, 
timed it well enough. Um, so did the same gig, got on to uh, local distributors, or, or actually any distributor in Ireland, of that flooring. I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew exactly the quantity I wanted. And I got quotes from all. And then whoever came in with the lowest quote delivered won. Because they were all supplying the same thing. It wasn't as if one guy was supplying, you know, uh, one handmade version and the other person was supplying a different handmade version. This was coming from a factory in Belgium. So they were all supplying the same thing. And yeah. I got onto one guy in um, Tralee, I think he is. Um, he was great. He, he, he just sorted it out straight away and it arrived in. And again, I saved, you know, odd 10% or whatever on the build. So like 10% doesn't sound like a lot. And sometimes, you know, when you're looking at a bill, you know, okay, it might only come up to, you know, hundred quid of a saving or whatever, but you do that enough of times on a self build. And, you know, you'll find that you'll come in as we did kind of within I think 1% of budget. Yeah. Do you know? And- so then the building contract included everything apart from the kitchen, the bathrooms, oh. I presume, the flooring, <laughs> so. the decorating. <laughs> um, no, it, 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 like, I guess our previous experience of, of living up in um, Grenada in, in, in our previous house um, was that, you know, we'd done the painting thing. We'd done the whole, you know, um, country so that was in the contract then yeah yeah we we, we learned yeah. do you know what if you're going to paint a house get someone else to do it <laughs> because it's and the so heating easy. and plumbing and heating ventilation plumbing and everything everything in the contract um until okay, it wasn't. apart from the kitchen <laughs> and the flooring then is it well you had this this, this is where things get a bit entertaining work so when we were going through the contract and, and and like i said i went through the contract properly right it wasn't as if i'd had a, a cursory look at it um but Maybe this is just where, because I'd never been a client before, I'd always been an engineer, I'd always been whatever, but I was never a client. Um, my understanding of it was maybe a bit different. So a lot of items had gone into PC sums. So things like, you know, stairs and kitchen and, you know, your 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 utility fit out and all that kind of stuff um, mm-hmm. were, were all in the PC sums. Yeah, um, which are just estimates. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and, and they all, they always are a pass-through cost, to be fair, because the builder has to do that way. There's no other way they can do it. Um, so that's all cool. Um, but the, the, the one thing that was in the contract that I didn't realize at the time um, was there was a, a, a builder's discount applied. Okay. Um, now, contrary to the name, what it actually is, is it's a handling charge. Um, so to be fair to the builders, you know, they're the ones in the middle of, of that PC item taking care of, okay, well, have you paid them for the stairs or whatever? Um, so they, they apply a 1% or 2% or whatever charge to, to do that. Um, so I didn't realize that that happened. I, did, I didn't know it wasn't actually in the contract, do you know? And I, I, I don't think you'd expect anyone to do anything for free, you know? So, so that makes perfect sense. Um, for most parts. I suppose there was two things. First of all, was it wasn't in the contract, so it was a hidden cost. And I was like, oh, hang on, lads. We didn't talk about that. Do you know? So that was one area I was like, hmm, this is a learning for me. Um, and the other one was that that was true for everything, even if it was um, supply and fit by someone else. So the builder literally never touched it. Do you know? Mm. So the kitchen, right? Kitchen supply and fit. Um, the builder literally had nothing to do with it. Um and again, you know, I pay them though. Uh, well, that's where it got interesting, you see. So if you look at how tax is dealt with in Ireland, right? 
Um, it's 21% for an item. I think it was at the time anyway. These numbers might have changed since. If if I just bought a kitchen and didn't get them to install it, I was paying 21% of that. If I bought a kitchen but the kitchen supplier also installed it, I paid 13 or 13.5% that. Um, so the, the, the biggest lesson um, was that if we did the purchase through the PC sums, it reverted back to 13% because it was a de facto the builders were installing it, right? So very quickly, I went down through the list of PC sum items and I said, okay, well, anything that's not installed by the builder, um, it, it gets taken out because they don't need to be doing anything with this. You know, so if the kitchen, for example, um, I took it out. I said, no, that's no longer in the PC sum items. It's gone, right? We, we'll, we'll hold that ourselves. Um, which we would have done anyway. You know, it, it, it didn't make any difference to how things happened. It was purely from a contract perspective, it was dealt with differently. Yeah. So we paid 13.5% on that. And then on other items, which were straight purchase, we would have paid 21%, but by going to the builder, we paid 18%, right? Again, mm-hmm. really small numbers here. You're talking percentages, right? But you add up those percentages, and in the end, it makes a bit of a difference, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wait, so eighteen because the on top of the thirteen and a yeah. half was their commission, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which again is only fair, mm-hmm. you know. Like you, you, you would course, expect yeah. that. Um, so it, I suppose it was just little things like that that were kind of maybe a bit unexpected, or like, oh, okay, you know, how do we handle this? How do you deal with it? Um, and and you know, you just deal with it professionally. Quite frankly, you know, you, you just go, okay. This has happened. What do we do about it? Excellent stuff. Well, listen, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Astrid. That's it for this Self Build Plus podcast episode. Tune in next time for more tips and advice from experts and self builders alike. And make sure to explore everything Self Build Plus has to offer. The Self Build Plus journey guides you through the process of building and home improving. The Self Build Plus forum allows you to share and learn from other self builders. While the Self Build Plus videos and our Self Build Plus virtual events are packed with information and advice. With self-built, stop dreaming, start building. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.